Hi, I'm your host, Juliette Root. Welcome to the WooCast. I've been in the health and wellness industry for the last 15 years as a personal trainer, board certified nutritionist and integrative healing coach. My passion is to motivate and support people in having a healthy and thriving, joyful life. This podcast will educate, inspire and empower you as we dive deep into everything from spirituality to mysticism, alternative medicine and human optimization. Most importantly, my hope is that this show feels like a nice warm hug of connection and support from others who are also interested in living a life that isn't just about surviving and getting by, but a life that is truly thriving. Please enjoy this episode. And I would be so grateful if you could support the podcast by subscribing, rating and reviewing. If you use Apple Podcasts, this is the best place to do this. So the show can rank and be seen. And the more people that can have access to this show, the healthier the world becomes. It is truly a ripple effect. So please Please spread the love and enjoy. Welcome to the WooCast, everybody. I'm your host, Juliette Root, and I'm here today with Janelle Bridge, who is a spirit medium, psychic, spiritual development teacher, and soul healer. She is from Melbourne, Australia, and she teaches and helps people from all over the world to connect with past loved ones, find their inner power, recognize their life purpose, and develop their spiritual abilities, and so much more. And I am just thrilled to be able to have her on the WooCast today. And so welcome, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Huge time difference for us right now. Yes. <laughs> so it's 10 a.m. here. What time is it there? So it is, uh, I had to look at the clock. I have no idea what time it is in my <laughs> life anymore. Yeah. It's 4 p.m. here and it yep. is, but it's uh Tuesday. Is it a different day yeah, for you? It's Wednesday yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I thought you were going to ask that. So I just quickly glanced on my computer to be like, what, what day is it? <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you have a job yeah. that is not very like, you know, nine to five Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, sometimes I really have no idea <laughs> what day yeah. of the week it is, which is kind of yep. nice that that happens, that every day can feel like a Saturday in a sense, if I, you know, if I Absolutely. wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter what day it is, particularly if you're doing what you love as well. It doesn't matter what day it is. So, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I would just love to hear a little bit more about how you became, it's kind of a weird thing to mm-hmm. say, like, how did you become yeah. a psychic medium? But yeah, what's your sure. story and how did this all come about for you? Yeah, no, I love sharing this because I feel that there's so many stories where people say, oh, like, you know, I come from a line of psychic mediums and I knew this gift from, you know, and I, my story is totally different. So, um, I have always been fascinated, but never thought it was something for me. Like I was like, wow, that's cool. I love that people can do this and I want to know more and things like that. But I never was like, Hey, that's you, that's your life. That's your abilities. Um, always been very sensitive very sensitive kids, um, went through a stage of my life where I just turned completely off being sensitive because I was like, this is too hard. I'm just going to feel nothing. So I'm just going to be a bitch, you know, like I'm just going to be awful. Um, and so it wasn't, so I've run quite a few businesses. I was a marriage celebrant for 12 years full time. And then my husband and I went into events. So we were running a big events company. Um, I was pretty stressed, pretty out of alignment, but didn't even know what that meant. Just thought I was killing it at life, you know? Um, And I, one day I texted my sister-in-law and I said, who was that psychic that you saw? Because I feel like my uncle's hanging around and I don't even know how I would describe that feeling. It was my first kind of, um, moment with spirit, I guess. Like it was like, I just feel him. I just feel him. 
And she said, oh, yeah, it was this person book in. So I booked in for like two weeks later. But that night I went to bed and I had a visitation dream. So if, if anyone doesn't know what a visitation dream is, um, essentially it's where your loved one comes and visits you as you sleep. Um, so he arrived and he was really healed and happy and healthy looking and he had a clear message. So that's a couple of pointers for a visitation dream. Do they look healthy? Um, do they have a clear message? Can you hold them? Because we, we held hands. Whereas normally in a dream, you're like, I'm trying to touch you and I can't touch you, but I remember the clear sensation of like, I can feel you right now. Um, and you, you wake feeling really refreshed, but anyhow, he gave me a, a message. He said, please look after my daughter. I know you don't know how to, but please reach out to her. And I woke up and I was like, that was so beautiful. And I called my mom and she's like, oh, wow. You know, she's not really a believer. She's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> and then we made contact with his daughter and she was going through some really, really bad times that we had no idea about. And I couldn't stop shaking. Cause I was like, whoa, this was real. Like this was so real. Um, I didn't think it was me. I didn't think it was my abilities. I just thought, wow, he's pushed through for her. He's come to the most open member of the family. Um, and that was me. So I thought, wow, he's powerful. Um, I enrolled in psychic development from there because I was like, I love this. Never thought it would be my career. Never thought. I just was like, this is my hobby. This is my time. Um, it was probably the first thing in my life that I've done without purpose. <laughs> so, you know, if I'd enrolled in a course, it would be because it would be good for me to do this. Or if I was going to do something, it was go to the gym to work out, to keep it. Like there was always a purpose behind everything that I was doing. And this was the first time that I just went, I just want to do this. I just want to do it for me. It's my downtime. I just want to do it. And my husband was like, do you really have time? Like we're so busy and the timing of this course is really not okay. And I was like, shut up. I'm doing it for me. Um, and I loved it. And I things started to unfold for me throughout the course. But again, it was never on my radar to do for work or to do for a career. It was just like, I love being around this and I'm so glad that I get to be around this. And it was about halfway through, I think I'd been training maybe for six months that I was like, wow, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. Um, imposter syndrome had me just practicing and doing it in circle and things like that. But of course then COVID came. So um, March, 2020, um, our business just had to stop operating. It was like, Hey, you know, all that money that was coming in this weekend, you're not seeing a cent. And then for the week after and for the week after and for the week after. So I found myself really lost because I didn't know how to help. Cause I'm a helper. I didn't, I was like, how do I, how do I help? I can't send flowers because my friends, you know, we've worked in events for 15 years. That's where a lot of my friends were and they were all struggling. And I felt like I couldn't even send them flowers or cook them meals because all of a sudden I had no income coming in for my family and being in events, the contracts are solid. They're rock solid, right? But you can't uphold them when there's a world disaster going on. You can't say too bad. You have to pay me, even though your wedding's not going ahead, you know? So, um, it was just <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, and I thought, how can I help? How can I help people? Because I feel quite useless if I'm not being in service as well. And that's a great tool to get out of a funk is to go, how can I help people? Right. And so I offered some free readings online. I thought, Duff it, let's just see what we can do. And they were so accurate. Like the feedback was like, this is crazy accurate. And I had about 350 people ask for a free reading. Of course I didn't do that many, but I was like, Ooh, this is a sign. This is a sign. And then I went, okay, we'll just do cheap readings. We'll just get our flow happening. And it gave me purpose during the darkest time of my life. And it gave me a little bit of income. 
and then it just all catapulted from there. So <laughs> that was what, two and a half years ago. Um, and I've been doing that full time ever since I now teach psychic development and mediumship. So it's all come on really, really quickly. Um, and I love sharing that because there's this kind of smoke and mirrors around you're born and you know that you're a medium and you know that you're psychic and it's really, we're, we're all psychic. We all have the abilities to communicate. Um, we just have to learn to trust them. And for me, that involved everything else in my life stopping (laughs) so that I had enough space to really listen and to tap in to those abilities. So I love teaching because I'm so, I feel like I'm so close to what it felt like to not know about this world, but I'm also so deep in this world. So it's a really great time for me to teach that because I relate to the people who are new and coming into it because I remember because it was not that long ago. Whereas a lot of mediums will say, I've been doing this for 20 years. And I think, yeah, but you're so far removed from how it felt to just start to see that excitement unfold and things like that. Whereas I've, you know, I've done 1500 readings now. Um, I've done it quickly. I've evolved. I've done live shows. I love my abilities. I trusted them wholeheartedly, but I also remember that fascination and that scariness of like, is this right? Like, you know, is this happening? So I love teaching and I love even just teaching my clients that come for a mediumship reading to go, Hey, you know, that time when you were doing the dishes and you just had that thought that, Oh, my son would have said this, that was him saying that to you. And this is how you can communicate with him properly next time. You know, I love teaching people that they can do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that you're not necessarily born with these gifts is something that Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with until the last couple of years myself as I started to Mm -hmm. dive down the woo world and launch this podcast because I have such a fascination with speaking to people like yourself who are tapped in to, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to call it the spirit realm or in the invisible world and... Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I really, I assumed that, yeah, you're either born with this gift and, or you're not. And maybe it's some Mm -hmm. sort of more evolved soul that comes here that can tap into this. And so hearing your story that you had no idea that this was going to be your path. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until much later that you kind of started learning and growing that gift that's a really, yep. it's really cool to hear. And I've heard, of, there's been a, quite a couple, few people on the podcast who've also shared that, that you can hone this as a skill and that yes. no one is special. We all mm. have this ability. And yep. so, yeah, how do we, how do we tap into that? What, what's something that someone can do to start to just play with this a little bit that is not yeah. maybe going into, and this is probably my own bias of like, do I need to go into deep, long meditations in order to get there? Because a lot of people will be like, I ain't got time for that. Um, I'll share a dirty secret of mine. And that's that I hate meditation. (laughs) No, I love that's a good dirty secret. And I don't, I don't uh, meditate very often. So um, I do ice baths on the weekend um, and we do a meditation there, which is beautiful, but I'm not an avid meditator. But in that being said, I do spend a lot of time in nature. So for me, um, that's number one. If you don't, if like I'm a little bit ADHD and that I like to move and even when I'm channeling, my hands are going or I'll often channel if I'm doing an email reading, I will go out for a walk and I'll record because I like to let that energy flow through my body, if that makes sense. So spirit is made to flow through us. So to sit down and receive the information 
doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? We need to be moving a little bit to allow that to happen. So um, getting out in nature as often as possible and just going for a walk and allowing those thoughts to filter through your brain. So to slow down, to stop being so busy is so important because if we're always busy and if we're always in our logic and we're always on our to-do list, then we're going to struggle to hear the quiet whispers of our intuition or of spirit talking to us. Um, I feel knowing that it's always going to be quiet is really important as well. So for me, um, I am often in my masculine, you know, I've built businesses on hustle and, and activities and making it happen. And when we're in our masculine, which is essentially our logical brain, we can't really listen to the whispers of the feminine, the whispers of spirit as clearly. So we need to stop sometimes <laughs> and we need to get out of our logic. And I say to my students, logic has no place here. So we are just tapping into trusting that everything that we get is from spirit and our brain is not interfering in this moment. Um, so trusting is really important, slowing down, going for a walk in nature and just seeing the things like I, I laugh now and I say, wow, I thought I had all these inspirational ideas that I then turned into different businesses and did really well with. And I thought that I was fantastic, right? It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. I was listening to what I thought was a thought that came from me, that came from my guides that was like, hey, why don't you register as a marriage celebrant? And I thought that was my brain coming up with my inspirational ideas. But essentially I was in the shower when I had that thought at the time. It was just a drop-in, yeah? So those drop-ins will feel the same as a thought. How do you so it, differentiate yeah. though thoughts that are coming from societal expectations and sort mm -hmm. of just like, this is what I think I should be doing. And yeah. you may have a thought that's like, oh, I should do this because that would be the best thing for my career or making more money or whatever it may be. And it might sound like a really good idea versus ones that yeah. are for more towards your sole purpose. Absolutely. So th those key words. So I think I should do this. That's your brain. Um, so if I'm thinking about it, if I'm trying to find a pathway, if I'm kind of uncovering things and I'm looking through things, I'm in my logic, I'm in my masculine, I'm trying to find a path. Whereas a path will appear from you if you allow it, if that makes sense. So it's less about doing and more about being even in our brain sense. So we can sit there and do nothing right, but our brain can be doing, 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 trying to find. And I've been doing it lately. It's an art form to get back to but what's next, but what's next? And spirit's like, just stop, get in your garden. I keep getting readings for myself from my students and they're saying, go in the garden. And that's when you'll know what you're supposed to do next, you know, because I'm looking and uncovering. So often um, how it feels to you is a really good telling sign. So if you were to say to me, I feel like I should do this, awesome. But if you were to say to me, I think I should do this, I'm like, mm, where is that coming from? So noticing where it comes from, for me, my logic comes in on my right side of my body. So the right side of my brain is, I guess, where I see that thought appearing if I were to channel into that. And my spiritual information comes through on my left. Now, that's not the same for everybody, but you will have a side that you'll be able to notice that that comes through from. Some of my students will say it's the opposite way and they're not left-handed or right-handed. It's not, not a reflection of that. Um, it's just noticing where is this thought coming from. And I love how you sense? talk and I love how you talk about the feeling around it mm. as well, because I had and I have noticed for myself when something is in alignment versus not in alignment. So if I'm trying to force something, then yep. the there's a lot of feelings of kind of procrastination. I don't want to do it, uh, but I but I should do it. And it doesn't flow. 
and I don't feel yep. inspired, even though my brain might think that's going to be a really good thing for you. But there's so many roadblocks and negative kind of emotion surrounding it versus the times when I feel inspired or excited about something. It just feels easier and yes. more natural yeah. and yep. and not as hard, which I think is a really this is a big thing for people to to kind of get out of their own way. We have so much of so many of us were used to having to work really fucking hard for things. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, like the hustle, the grind, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea that something could be could come easy and could be enjoyable is kind of foreign for a lot of us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, and that was, that was similar with me, with my businesses. So when I tapped into, I want to be a marriage celebrant, it flowed, like things just unfolded. And if you said to me now, how did I make that happen? I probably wouldn't be able to tell you because it felt like it was just, I opened the door and and the clients came in. Um, and then with my bigger company, as it got bigger and bigger and bigger in events, it got really hard and things would just stuff up on me all the time. And I was like, why? And I was so far removed from the divine at that time that I wasn't, I was just like, I need to be better. I need better systems. But essentially there was so many roadblocks and so much resistance coming up that I wasn't listening. And spirit was like, turn it up a notch. She is not listening. Make it more uncomfortable so we can get her back what we need her to be doing, if that makes sense as Mm -hmm. well. So Absolutely. Um, and it's still a fine line because nothing's going to be delivered to us when we sit on the couch. We know that we have to take aligned action. Um, but it's a fine line between particularly if we're used to making it happen, which I am going out and kicking down those doors that won't open for us. Like, don't care. I want it. I'm going to kick it down. That's my opportunity. I need it. Instead of going, I'm going to, I'm going to try the doorknob and if it opens, it's mine. So it's a fine line between, you know, am I, (laughs) am I being lazy? This is what goes on in my head. Anyway, am I being lazy or am I allowing, you know, and we need to get used to allowing because we have been taught if you want something, go and get it. You know, that's the mindset that we've been taught. And we've also been taught that work should be hard. We should be working really, really hard, you know, and that's life. And I hate that, (laughs) but it still creeps into my mind. It really does. Yeah. Going back to when you first went into spiritual development school and you were learning these techniques and how to connect. What was that like for you? You know, as someone who is interested in honing more of those skills myself, I'm in a current one year mentorship with a really gifted psychic healer. And I've Mm -hmm. been learning lots of tools just for my own personal development and to help others. But uh, I'm just curious if you could put yourself back in those first few sessions what what was that like going just absolutely magical so um I hated traditional school like I hated it and any (laughs) further study that I did I hated it because I was like I'm so bored I need to try it I need to get out there and do it I don't learn this way whereas psychic development was the first thing where I was like oh I love this class and I just want to be here all the time so it was really magical and even to witness the magic unfold around me because it was a circle like we were sitting in circles so I could see other people do that I feel if it was just me one-on-one it would maybe be a little bit more confronting and scary because it was like all on me you know what Mm -hmm. I mean but to see it evolve in front of me and to feel the presence of spirit in the room and to just really notice one thing that I found really beautiful was the permission to get things wrong which I give all my students as well like I want you to get things wrong so that we can have a look at why you got that wrong and Spirit's never wrong. So what you're seeing and relaying from spirit will never be wrong, but we need those opportunities for that message not to land so that I can decipher, hmm, 
did your brain maybe connect the dots here rather than spirit? Were you reaching what happened there? So permission to be wrong in a safe environment was really cool. And then I guess the magic and the, the awe when, when you go, oh, this is what I'm feeling. And they're like, oh my God, that's so right. And you're like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like it was just, just magical and validation is what helps us trust. So we all have the skills, but often we can't get them validated. So, you know, as a child, we're so intuitive and, and our mum might be upset about something and we'll be like, what's wrong? And they say, oh, no, no, nothing. I'm fine. I'm fine. And our intuition is squashed in that moment because so many people around us are not open with what's actually going on in their life as well. So having a place where everyone's open to validate what you're picking up is correct is how you build trust in your abilities. You're reminding me of something that I heard recently about, you know, spirit or, you know, guides connecting to you and sort of sending you the whispers. But if you Mm. never trust those whispers, you never trust those downloads or those hits or however people want to refer to them as, then those messages will just get quieter and quieter until they're no longer. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, well, if you're not going to trust me, then why should I keep trying to guide you? That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so who, and what, one thing oh. I learned in, um, so in the circle development, we learned lots of evidence because evidence is obviously so important in mediumship to say, this is who I have. And this is what they're saying. This is what they're bringing. And then I did a mentorship with Michael Mayo, which was beautiful. And one thing that he said to me was stop looking and just sit, relax your shoulders. And instead of that <laughs> reach, I'm doing it on camera. No one can see me, but that reach that we kind of do to listen in really quietly to spirit. He's like, relax, sit where you are and allow spirit to come very, very closely to you and trust that they will. And that was a game changer for deepening my connection because I was looking to stretch myself to deepen my connection instead of saying, I'm here, come closer, I'm listening. And that's been, yeah, as I say, a game changer to finding that extra depth in my connections. Now, being intuitive and having psychic experiences is different than mediumship. I just want to make sure that I'm clear Mm -hmm. because how I understood is that mediumship is really the ability to connect with people who have passed over and not everybody hones that particular skill when it comes to their psychic abilities. I feel that they do. So Mm -hmm. many teachers will tell you that they don't, but I have not come across a student yet who can't connect to loved ones past. So that's really interesting to me. And I would argue and this might be controversial, that it's kind of all the same thing because we're Mm. connecting with our guides who are in fact spirits. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, it's a different feeling. It's a different set of skills, of course. Um, But I feel that most people I have, well, I haven't come across someone and I can't argue it, you know, 100% because I don't know, but I haven't yet come across a student who cannot connect with the spirit world. Got it. So everyone has psychic abilities, 100%. Some teachers will tell you that not everyone has mediumship abilities, but I have not come across anyone who doesn't. (laughs) And I guess, you know, you look at a baby, the baby's born and babies will laugh at something that we can't see and they will coo and they will communicate with something that we cannot see. And for me, the only answer to that is mediumship because we, we enter this world so in tune. So we enter this world with all the skills that we need to telepathically communicate, to psychically receive information. And then as we go to school, we turn on our logic and we, we start to doubt every other thing that we've known and people with imaginary friends, of course, they're not imaginary friends, they are spirit. And then we'll go to school and we turn on that logic. So we're always looking 
for the logical reason. And when we're working in the spirit world, there's no logic. It doesn't exist. It's something that we invented here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah and I always wonder why is it by design in that way that that's what happens, that we come in this mm. soul state so receptive and connected and we have almost done it to ourselves where yeah. we, we've created all of these constructs and you have to learn this way and use this part of your brain. And we forget all about the spirit world. And yes. it wasn't, you know, it hasn't been that long that we've been in this place because thousands of years ago and still to this day, indigenous cultures yeah. really are so tuned in to that mm. as a part of their life and having ceremony and that connection with the yes. spirit world. And so it's really interesting. I'm like, why did it have to be like that? Why like, did why? it happen? <laughs> and I think, you know, again, we were forced into that masculine way of living, which is to strive, to survive, to hustle, to make things happen rather than to just be, you know, we're chasing the wrong things. A lot of us are chasing the wrong things. We're working so hard because we feel that the legacy that we need to leave our children is money and an easier way of life. Whereas the legacy that we need to leave our children is intuition and being sure of their own character and trusting that they have the ability to survive on their own. Um, so I feel that as society, we're a little bit messed up in what our goals are. And that's basically where we went wrong. And when, when it's a dog eat dog kind of world, when it is monetary based, um, we lose that connection with others and we lose that connection with the spirit world because, and, and to be honest, full disclosure, I've been having this conversation with the spirit world recently because the things that I'm offering and what I'm here to do seem to be up leveling and transforming. And I'm like, yeah, but I need money spirit. Like I need money. Like I have children, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And spirit almost roll their eyes at me. And I'm like, I'm living a human existence here. And they almost roll their eyes because there's so much changing as to, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now. And they say that it's because spirit is shifting us. They're bringing us back to what they want us to live, which has been very different to the way that we have been living. Um, and just, this is a little bit off topic, but I feel that it's a similar thing. I have a child, um, he's 10. He has, he's diagnosed ADHD. We stopped doing diagnosis because it was simply, there's something wrong. We need to fix you. And we worked out really quickly that there's nothing wrong. He just doesn't fit into <laughs> what we're supposed to be living as a society right now. So he wasn't thriving at mainstream school. He was being sent home every single day. Um, he wasn't thriving in the things that we thought a child would do. And since removing him from mainstream schooling, he's, he's really, really thrived at life. And he's very in tune with the spirit world. He's very upfront. There's none of this, you know, sometimes we dull ourselves down to fit in, to be loved, to be liked and all that kind of stuff. And he just doesn't do that. He is who he is unashamedly. And he's the reason. So he is the reason that I turned to a psychic development course because I was like, I am struggling. Mm. I I am failing at parenting. I can't get my kid to fit into school. I need guidance elsewhere. So it all kind of unfolded at the same time. And he's incredible. And, you know, and I do have moments where I think, can you just go to school? Like, can I just get a break, right? Because we're so... I guess, programmed to believe that we raise our kids to a certain age and then they go to school and then we only have to raise them for a few hours at nighttime. And here I am with a 10 year old who doesn't leave my side. You know what I mean? Um, but he's so in tune and so connected. So, and there's so many more of these kids being born and being brought into our world and it's got to be for a reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to fit a round peg in a square hole is, yes. you know, with, with so many of us. And I, I, you know, I was, had, didn't have any formal diagnosis when I was younger, but it's so interesting now because everybody's slapping on labels 
you know, mm. you have this and you have that and this, and yet we're not addressing the person, the yes. actual soul that's come through mm. and wants to express themselves in this world. We're trying to box everybody in and go, well, no, this is the way, this is the right way. Everybody has mm. to do it this way, but it's failing right now. And it's, it's failing. and it's breaking yeah. right now. And, it and is. it has to, in order for it to rebuild into whatever it's going to be for the next evolution. And yes. that's what I'm seeing all around. And it's, it feels chaotic. It feels mm. scary for, you know, at times it also feels exciting too, when you mm. tap into the possibility of what it could be. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Could you touch a little bit more on kind of this new, what spirit is asking us right now of us right now yeah. and what we're supposed to be moving into? Absolutely. So something that I say to everyone is that every single person should do a beginner psychic development course because we need to get in tune with our own inner voice. We've lost it. And for me, uh, part of my process was parenting a child who was not responding to the outside advice of other people from day one. From day one, it was like I was lying to my maternal health nurse about how I was parenting my child because, you know, he was sleeping in my bed because it was the only place he would sleep. And I look back down and I say, of course he wanted to sleep in your bed. He's your baby. Like he wants to cuddle, you know? Um, so we've been doing things so backwardly and so not intuitively. So I feel that we're being really pushed to get in touch with what feels right for us. So here in Australia, we have mandated vaccines um, and we have lots of things going on as well, which I won't go into too much because it's a yucky subject, but there's a lot of people who are going, I'm not doing that. It doesn't feel right. And there's a lot of people coming at them and saying, how can you go against the advice of medical practitioners on what doesn't feel right to you? And for me, that's all I use for any decision that I make now, whether it's business, whether it's parenting, whether it's about my health, it doesn't feel right to me. So I'm not doing it. And that's not vaccine related. That's everything related in my life right now. So I'm really in tune. Um, with that. And I feel that if more humans were in tune with that, that would really help us as a society to go. Cause there's people around me that said, but I've been told to do this. And I'm like, how does it feel to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it feels great to you. Fantastic. Awesome. But how does that feel to you? Because we've absolutely lost sight of that. My, me, myself, I lost sight of that for a while. It's like, I'm doing a good job here on earth. If I'm making enough money to support my family and to save you know, and I still want that, but like, that's not the driver of whether you are fulfilling your soul purpose here on earth. And that's why we're so unhappy, you know, and that's why depression rates are so high because we're just doing what we think we have to do to be a human who is successful. So it's really like back to grassroots. Um, I was told yesterday, um, by an astrologer friend that, we need to get back to basics. So we need to get back to growing our own vegetables and looking after the earth. So, you know, um, we've put money as a collective, we've put money before our planet, you know, for such a long time. And mother earth is rearing up and going no more, like no more. Like I'm literally going to fuck shit up until you listen. And we're starting to listen a little bit. So, um, coming back to the earth, looking after our animals, looking after our earth and looking after each other, I feel is what the new, new world order looks like. Um, but of course, before anything new is birth, there's so much resistance. And that's what we're seeing right now is so much resistance and it's going to get a bit gnarly before it happens, you know, and we just have to be prepared. And that's not to instill fear. That's just to go, okay, this is all part of the greater good. This is all part of the programming. I'm just going to sit tight and calm myself throughout this process. Yeah. All yeah. part of the programming. It's so, mm -hmm. there's just so much of this that, you know, 
guys, don't ever play a drinking game on this podcast where I say programming because you yeah. will die from alcohol poisoning <laughs> because I probably say yeah. programmed and programming like every podcast because mm-hmm. it's so true that we, yeah. our brain is filtering all of this programming. And mm-hmm. if we don't allow ourselves to like kind of sift through all of that and really ask ourselves some deep tough questions at times about where is this coming from? Is this truly my idea or is this an idea that was planted that I've rehearsed this over and over again for so long that now I believe that it's my identity, but truly you are not that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you're not letting your soul do its work that it came here to do. If you are just following a set of programs and brainwashing Mm -hmm. that we've all been indoctrinated into and yeah, Sometimes it takes having a situation like you're sharing with your son Mm. or or a pandemic. You know, for me, it was a pandemic. And I know a lot of people have had this experience where I got back in touch with spirit and I I had almost an immediate like awakening overnight that happened once when the world shut down. It was almost like 24 hours later, I had a it was almost mm-hmm. like my soul went, hello, I'm here. And now's the time <laughs> yep. to move. I moved to the mountains. I quit my Perfect. job and it's been, you know, an incredible and yet also really challenging mm-hmm. last year uh, since I moved in just challenging my own programs that keep that want to like kind of like rear their ugly head and mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's just wild. And then I got COVID and that was a whole nother set of, you know, fear that came with that. And mm. now I'm, uh, I'm losing my hair, which is mm. really fun. And that's been really making me think about beauty and how we mm. see ourselves and how much we, um, how much emphasis we put on this external appearance, which I've known forever because I struggled with eating disorders when I was young and my body image, uh, but it's almost like the next little bit wants to push out to move me completely into a new yes. place. It's like, here's the next level. Here's the next level. And I'm seeing that and connecting with spirit in that way and getting the whispers. And yes. it's almost, it's funny. Mine, now that I'm thinking about it, came in through my right side. This And it, it's really, mine are pretty loud, mm-hmm. but loud, but quiet. It's not yelling. Yes. I think that's also something no. that I've, mm-hmm. that I've understood too. And I'm curious what your thoughts are when it's your intuition it's going to be more like soft, gentle, mm-hmm. calm when it's your, when you're, when it's about guilt and shame and what you should do, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. yelling at you like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. And so I suffered from anxiety as well um, before tapping into, and even throughout my spiritual awakening, a lot of anxiety. And so if anyone suffers from anxiety, you feel that physically in your body. So, um, but it will feel like a very negative sensation. So for me, it was, it started across the back of my head and it was like, Oh, here it comes. Um, whereas intuition always feels gentle and it always feels like a soft suggestion and like a beautiful, calm friend that you speak to that might be like, have you thought about this? Um, of course, spirit will move things and turn up the heat a notch if we're not listening. So, you know, for you. So when you're talking about, you know, losing your hair and it may be making you feel to reconsider and go deeper within those layers of what it, what it feels like to be beautiful and, and what, 
that means as a human being or a soul having a human experience. And it's like, okay, so we're going to turn, they've turned it up a notch on you. And you're like, no, no, I'm listening now. Just take it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So spirit will do that also. And I found that myself when I'm not listening, just bigger things externally will start to happen to go, are you listening now? And I'm very much, I'm very resistant to the word surrender. I hate the word surrender. It makes me want to clamp my, and it's part of that. And I, and I also feel that that's part of programming. Like I came here to challenge things. So I got really stuck in that immediately. No <laughs> response to when I'm being told something or so I'll go down fighting. Right. And I sometimes do that to spirit too, because I'm like, no, no, I'm doing, I'm, I'm handling this over here, you know, and then they'll just come down harder on me and they'll shake some, something else up. And so it's incredible the way that they work, but you're right. And what, what was coming through um, for me when you were talking about your current experiences is it's a stripping back of everything. So it's like, if we take everything away from you, what have you got? Who are you? And then that comes down to the lessons of non-attachment. We're like, I'm not attached to much, but I am attached to this. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to take this from you. <laughs> and yeah. we're going to, we're going to give you that beautiful lesson, but it feels really hard. And I think that that's important to remember that just because you're on a spiritual journey doesn't mean it feels good. <laughs> it's fucking shit. It's horrible. <laughs> there's moments where it's incredible and there's moments where it's awful. And you're like, can I go back to sleep, please? Can well, I've been I go thinking back about to lately your ability to feel so deeply, mm-hmm. which may come with also feeling grief and sorrow and tapping into the collective, what's going yes. on. But mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking that your ability to feel that so much also means that you have the ability to feel the opposite of that so much that when you tap into feeling joy Mm -hmm. and love that you know and ecstasy that it can be even bigger because it's your ability to feel and we have turned off our ability to feel so much with just doing the you know day-to-day business as Mm -hmm. usual this is what I have to get done and just kind of living on autopilot in our life just trying to make money just trying to survive right Mm -hmm. that we are not feeling we're numbing a lot. And then we're numbing with sometimes exogenous substances, the phone, Mm -hmm. Netflix, all of it. Right. And so I've just been trying to to remind myself of that lately because I've been having some really tough days. Some days there, I'm just like, wow, this feels horrible. Yeah. I am feeling like the shittiest I've felt in a long time. Yeah. Then what I'll notice is maybe a few days later, I'll have a day where I'm feeling like I'm having an ecstasy day. Yes. And that's been really interesting to tap into. Yes. Like, okay. So they're, they're just coexisting. This is a part of that human experience is yeah. it's like a trough, you know, it goes up, yes. it goes down and then sometimes mm-hmm. it coasts. And, um, and then, you know, I, a beautiful yoga instructor that I go to was talking about this uh, in this last week about this goal that we have as humans to always be wanting to experience the high, constantly feeling good. Right. And that, you know, that's the chase. That's a chase that we will never feel fulfilled if we're always chasing Mm -hmm. that, obviously. But why is it not okay to just feel just like neutral too? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Just feeling like, okay, sometimes you're coasting. Sometimes you don't feel like you are accomplishing something for your purpose and that's okay. And I guess that's the thing as well. And so for me as well, I've had some really hard days over the past two to three weeks, like terrible days, days where I felt worse than I've ever felt in my entire life. And I interviewed someone on my podcast on Monday and she said, lightworkers worldwide are almost suicidal right now. And I was like, oh, 
Thank you. It actually filled my bones with um, relief to know that there wasn't something wrong with me. I was like, I've just been pushed too far. I'm exhausted. Is the energy outside of us is so big right now that it's really testing us. And there's a lot of people who've gone through really quick spiritual awakenings. So like you said, and like me, like to go from not even working in the field to teaching in 18 months and doing live shows and radio gigs and things like that, that was really quick. And it ruffled a lot of feathers as well, which is always nice. But um, it's almost like we're going through our initiation hard and fast to get to work, if that makes sense as well. And when we go through something hard and fast, it's really tough. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really tough yeah. because it's lessons upon lessons upon lessons. Um, and you're right. So, so many people actually will sit in their life in that coasting state and they'll go slightly up or slightly down, or they'll sink right to the bottom and feel really down. Whereas for me, and I think we, we, I know that I do, we attest doing the work. If I do the work, I'm going to feel good all the time because I'm doing the work, but doing the work never ends. I think until we die. <laughs> that's when they go, okay, you've done the work, come home. Mm -hmm. So we're chasing that feeling of I've, I've completed, I've completed everything that I need to learn. But for me, I'm just unlocking deeper hurts that I need to work through and deeper things. And then when I let them go, I rise higher than that as well. So it's almost like those lead rocks in our belly that are keeping us really, you know, from rising to those beautiful heights. So we have to go down, we have to get them out, we have to throw them away and then we can rise a little bit higher. But it's definitely not about feeling good. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad yeah. you brought this up. And you were also like talking to people and tuning into the last couple of weeks in particular, but mm-hmm. also the last, you know, I think couple of months feeling so deeply distraught at times about what's happening around us. Yes. And uh, light workers everywhere are like, I'm at a breaking point. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like this initiation yep. has gone too far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I just please go back to not knowing yes. any of this? And I've definitely yep. had my moments there, but it is really reassuring when, you know, just talking to you. And also I, it was so funny. I was talking to my husband and I tapped into this person who I think is, you know, very, very strong and, you know, and I had this moment of like, I think this person is having a breakdown right now. And then the next day they posted something about how they were at their breaking point and they never share this because mm-hmm. they're so fucking strong and that they're mm-hmm. even surprised that they are like, mm-hmm. guys, I'm not okay right now. And I was like, hold, yeah. like that was a psychic hit I got about to someone yes. that I was yes. like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad, glad that you brought that up because that's often our first or a regular psychic thing that we get because we are connected to our humans. We love, you know, the people that we love. So if you, even if you don't think you're psychic or if you're not into psychic development, you will get that little like, Oh, I haven't heard from this person. I'm going to give them a call. And you might not go deeper than that. It's just spirit giving you a nudge to give them a call. And then you might give them a call and they've been going through some shit and they actually needed you to give them a call. So when I look back on parts of my life where I've always done that, I was open. I was receiving the messages. I just wasn't writing them down as messages. I was just going, Oh yeah, I better give this person a call. Mm -hmm. So nothing, I feel that nothing that crosses our brain in our downtime is ever, ever random. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) I love that. Listen to that. Everyone Mm. not random ever. Right. Mm-hmm. I call them my soul walks or lately it's been soul runs. Cause I've been doing some trail runs as the weather, when the weather is nice, but there's so many things that come through out of nowhere. Just, it's almost like these, I could just call them little hits and I have to have mm-hmm. my phone to write them down in my notes yeah. 
about podcast episodes that I have to have or a name of a podcast. You have to name the podcast this. And it's like, where did that come from? And it's really only happens when I'm out walking in nature, at least for me that I have, that I've noticed this. Um, Exactly. It's a communication that happens. Yeah. Because if you were to sit down and go, I'm going to meditate on what I need to bring to my podcast. Your logic brain is like, hello, <laughs> and your logic brain is on. And we need our logic, you know, um, but we don't need it anywhere as much as we think we do. We need to turn it off 90% of the time. It's really not valid for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, nature is activating. It's getting rid of energy from the body as you're walking or running or whatever you're doing, but you're also just allowing yourself to feel safe and at peace. So then your mind will switch off and then those thoughts will start to filter through from spirit. Yeah. I mean, you're in the, yeah. you're with the original mother. That's what I, yes, you know, that's, absolutely. that's, that's the mother that you're connecting mm-hmm. with every time. Tell me a little bit more about how people can connect to past loved ones. Cause I think this is such a, you know, I lost my dad when I was 16 and yeah. I have had only less than a handful of dreams mm-hmm. with him in them Yeah, in which I question if, if they were visitations okay. yeah. and I have not felt any real ability to connect to this person at all. Okay. And yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. So um, I feel sometimes going, if you feel like you've lost the ability or you haven't had the ability to connect to a certain person, I would suggest going to a medium to chat to them um, because they will bring them through and they'll bring through so much evidence. And then you will feel really secure in the fact that they are around you. And then when you're secure in that and you're not looking for it so much, then you can feel it. Um, I always say to people, going to a medium is great, but it's not necessary all the time. So going to a medium, is awesome to be reminded of the magic and to feel it from someone else. And my ears ringing like crazily in my right ear right now. Um, but we don't need to do it all the time, if that makes sense as well, because we can communicate on our own. But if we are, if our belief in that connection or our belief in that spirit being around us is starting to dwindle, then I would say go and see a medium and have that reignited, if that makes sense as well. Um, but just noticing and trusting. So, you know, do you trust that he's around you, even though you haven't had communication? Not really. Not really. I just feel yeah. like so a would, weird block yeah. with this, with this particular thing okay. I have, you know, yes. since he passed. So and it's been okay. so long. Mm. He will be, he will be around you. Absolutely. Um, our loved ones always are, but it's about how do we tap back into that for ourselves? How do we trust it? And so for me, it's getting ourselves to a state where we can trust. So for, that might be seeing a medium for you to just have someone else bring that to you. And then when you have that, you go, okay, I know that it's this now. What I'm getting around your dad is that the gentle guidance that comes through for you is him. They're so understanding that too. And even if you just have that moment cross your mind and go, oh, I feel like dad would have said that to me. Thanks, dad. You know, and follow that thought along instead of, but dad doesn't come and I feel like I'm not, I'm not connected to him and I feel like there's a block there because often we will bring ourselves down out of that high vibration. So often when someone's grieving, they'll say, oh, my sister would have said this or that will be the thought that's in their mind. My sister would have said that. She would have loved that. She would have found that so funny. And we're in that connective mode. And then we're like, oh, but I'll never see her again. And essentially we pull ourselves back out of that high vibration and down to a lower vibration of grief, which is totally normal, but we pull ourselves out of that connection. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I also wonder if you had a tough relationship with particular loved mm-hmm. ones, if that impacts mm-hmm. at all your openness to this person's energy. Yeah. And I think that might be part of what, you know, I've been working on Mm -hmm. through some 
trauma in our relationship when I was little and what happened. And so I think there might be a part of me that doesn't want to even connect to this person. Absolutely. So, um, our loved ones in spirit are very similar to how they were here. So they're a little bit more ascended. They've done a little bit more life lessons, but they're very similar to how they were here as well. And they're very respectful of your own energy towards them, if that makes sense as well. So, um, you know, I always say that an Italian grandmother who was really strict and had really strict views on things is not going to come through and tell you to leave your husband, even though you're unhappy, because she's still (laughs) going to say you stay in your marriage. You know what I mean? So I often say that like advice from our loved ones is not the be all and end all. It's just like, it's not here on earth. We still need to know, you know, um, so that it's, it's very similar to this, to the relationship. So if there is some blockages and you, you know, part of your inner child probably doesn't want to speak to him. So therefore he's not coming through and not pushing that through. If you were really ready to connect that connection would happen straight away because he is around you and he is protecting you. But there's also that deep knowing that your inner child is like, no, I don't really want to want to connect with you right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Does yeah, that make for sense sure. Because my, yeah. my brother shares a lot about, he always dreams about my father and they had a okay. very, very different relationship than, mm. than we did. And I find that really interesting that you know, mm. how they connected, you know, on this earth plane was very different than how he and I connected and he's having communication with him in when he's dreaming mm-hmm. and I'm not having communication. And so that's why I wanted to bring that up. If that has anything to do with, you know, if you kind of can block that, you know, being receptive Absolutely. to that. Yeah. So one of my best friends, her father passed, oh, I reckon when, oh, maybe not 20 years, 15, 20 years ago now. Um, and she had a younger sister who is, she has a younger sister who's only two years younger than her. And so the relationship between dad and younger daughter was very, very close. The relationship with dad and older daughter was not close. There was a lot of friction. There was a lot of frustration. And being the younger sister, she didn't see dad's, I guess, faults and just idolized dad. And it was a different thing. And same thing. So dad will always come through for the younger sister, even in mediumship appointments with other mediums. Um, but my friend has not been able to have dad come through in a mediumship session. And we just like, I, and I would obviously never read for her. We're too close. I know everything anyway. So how would I prove anything? Um, but I have said to her, like, do you want to speak to him? And she's like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. as much as she would love him to come through and say, I'm so sorry. And I'm this and I'm that there's still this resistance block of like, it's actually easier for me to hold resistance to you than to revisit that hurt and those wounds and forgive. Cause that's really hard. Absolutely. So I don't know if that will happen for her in this lifetime or if it will be when she passes, but um, same situation kind of in that younger sibling, closer relationship, communication is very easy. And with her, she's just had that block. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you share, and I want to, touch on this before uh, we wrap today that sure. radical self-acceptance is the new self love. Yes. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I feel like we spend so much time. Um, I guess when we look at self-love, even we've been promoted, advertised to you that self-love can be going, and getting your nails done or going and getting a facial or something that's essentially going to make someone else money <laughs> um, and make you look better. So we get caught up in this, I love myself and therefore I have high standards for myself. So I, I used to run 5Ks every day because I loved myself. Essentially, I was running away from my anxiety, but I was also running so that I looked good. So that, because, you know, if I put on a little bit of weight, I couldn't love myself, right? Um, or we get caught up in that, I love myself. So therefore, I'm only going to eat organic food or I'm only going to eat low calories because I love myself as it is right now. Radical self-acceptance is I love myself now, even though I'm not working out daily or I haven't run. I love myself 
even though I'm not perfect in any way, shape or form, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that's okay. And what it does is it really, it allows other people to accept them and love themselves fully as well. If that, So I'm, I'm an overshare. I will share everything. And the reason that I do that is for so long, I prided myself on being so resilient, so strong and so tough. I was like, I am so tough and I am, and I'm strong and I'm resilient. And I always get back up, but I was fighting those battles of when I felt crappy alone. I was not allowing anyone to see me or hold me in those moments. And essentially what I taught myself about myself in those moments was people love you. People think you're amazing, but they don't know you. They don't know the Janelle that laid in bed in bed for two days straight because she was doubting herself. They don't know the Janelle whose house is messy. They only know the Janelle whose house is beautiful and has candles on and people arrive and it's all beautiful. They don't know the Janelle that looks like shit because I wasn't showing it. So therefore I wasn't allowing myself to be seen and then I would fully. So how could I feel loved fully when it wasn't there, if that makes sense as well. But what I was also doing was presenting without meaning to a false precedent for everyone else to measure themselves up against. You know what I mean? So if I'm only showing up happy and bubbly and confident and proud, then someone else, when they're feeling crappy, they're, they're measuring themselves up to me and it's not even a real version of me. So owning our shit, owning our shit is how we heal. So for me to go, oh yeah, I'm not very good at that. That's okay. Do I want to get better at that? Or do I want to focus on something else? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I've yeah. Been, I have been sharing a lot in about this with clients in really just the owning your shit and yes. knowing that that's how you're going to get to that place of feeling that authenticity with yourself where mm. there isn't such a big gap between who you're showing yourself to be to other people versus mm. who you really are. And yes. why are we so afraid to be who we really are? And we perpetuate yeah. this facade by everybody trying to continue like keeping up with each other versus Mm -hmm. it starts with one and then many with just showing what's really happening in our life and absolutely and it feels so although it can be scary when you begin doing this and really sharing things with people and I'm also an overshare which Mm -hmm. I thought was not a great quality when I was younger because I was told that I was not a great yeah. quality, right? Don't tell people that, you know, that's mm-hmm. TMI. It's like, but other people are then given permission mm-hmm. and they feel, oh, I'm okay. I'm normal. Yeah. yeah. Because we, there's such a condition that yes. we have, which is I'm not good enough. Yes. I'm not enough. I'm bad. All of these mm-hmm. are just, con- everything's conditional. You have to do this in order to feel this way and receive love and to be told that yep. you're good and it's fucking bullshit and it's, it's time bullshit. for and it it's to part stop of the programming. It's, it's part of the programming, yeah. you know? And that was for me, what created my anxiety was that um, if people knew who I really was or what I was really struggling with, they wouldn't love me because I was only shown everyone else being perfect and me not. So it was like, if someone comes over and sees my house and it's chaotic and it's messy they're not going to love me was essentially what my inner child was thinking. So it was keeping me at this high standard of like, keep your house clean, no matter what, you know? Um, or if my child and my child came and just fucked shit up, (laughs) you know? So it was like, if my child was misbehaving in public, then I wasn't a good mom and that people would think that I was a terrible mother when essentially it doesn't matter. That's not their journey anyway. So I found I, I did develop anxiety from trying to keep myself at a level that was lovable 
for other people. And when we do that, when someone points out our perceived flaw, so my husband, I always come back to this example and it's silly, but I feel like women will relate. I suck at the washing. I hate it. I wash, I dry, I leave it on top of our washing machine. And I'm like, I can't keep up with it. And I used to really not be accepting of the fact that I couldn't keep up with it. And my husband was like, babe, do you know where any socks are? And I would flip. I would yell at him because he had found a chink in my armor and it was that I couldn't keep up with the washing. And what that meant to me was that I was not a valuable wife because I couldn't keep up with the washing, which is ridiculous. But that's essentially what was going on in my mind. My poor husband was looking at it from a male standpoint, being like, I'm too scared to ask you if you've seen any socks because like, you're just going to yell at me. And it doesn't make much sense to me because how could he perceive that for me, it meant that I was less worthy because I couldn't keep on top of the washing. Whereas now I'm like, I don't have time for the washing. I'm doing magical shit. Find your own socks. <laughs> that's, that's essentially where I'm at now because it doesn't take away my value. I own my shit in that I'm terrible at the washing. Find your own socks. Do your own washing, bro. You know what I mean? But for me, just something simple as the washing was affecting my relationship poorly because him asking a simple question was resulting in me being offended because I was being knocked off my perfect pedestal. Yeah. Mm. Look at yourself. Look yes. at yourself when you have an interaction with another person. And it's not a putting external blame on that person. Mm. It's really going inward and being like, what is it about me that I'm having this interpretation of yes. this scenario? And how can I really use this as a spiritual lesson. And that doesn't happen every day, guys. Don't think no. that like every moment of my life, I am doing that. But many moments of my life that is happening now because it is liberating. Then it's mm -hmm. everything. You have a choice. Then you are liberated from not having a choice anymore. And it just being a reaction to now yes. being like, oh, okay. I actually see where this is coming from. It's coming from a wound or I feel inadequate yeah. or, and then it's, and then like you said, it's the radical self-acceptance to start to mm. cultivate that, which mm. is a skill. I think it's a real, like it's, it is like a muscle that you build over time. It is. Yeah. And you don't always get it right. You don't always get it right. And for me and my husband, it was a constant pattern of silly argument that I was blaming him. I was like, well, you need to help me with the washing you know, if you helped me, it wouldn't be so bad or whatever. So there was this, that was a huge period of me just continually blaming him until I started to do the work. And then it was in that moment that I went, Oh my God, this isn't about washing. This is about me not, not getting it right. And not accepting this much, the fact that I'm not organized. I'm not an organized person. I'm not here to be organized. I wish I was, I'm not. And I just own that now. And I just do what I need to, to get by <laughs> and be organized enough to survive. And you know, maybe none of us are supposed to be organized. Maybe the truly organized people aren't and they're, they're fighting for that. I don't know. But that self-acceptance is key to stopping, stopping the fight on who you are and stopping, you know, if we, we think if we check all these boxes, we're lovable, but we're lovable in our mess. Lovable or we're good. I think yeah. the, it's like we're, mm -hmm. we're, you know, this, like the standard of what's, mm -hmm. what's acceptable, what's, good what's moving the needle for you in a positive direction of yes. being more successful or making more money mm. right i had an astrologer friend always good to have these astrologer yeah. friends in your <laughs> life and she did a great reading for me and with my birth chart and uh shout out to reagan tilton for anybody who wants a really incredible reading she's also been on the podcast um but I was saying, oh, I just feel kind of frustrated with myself because I always have a million things going on career wise. Like I have the podcast and I'm personal training and I'm 
nutrition coaching and I'm also mentoring and I'm in a mentorship and like, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is a story of my life, always having my hand in like 10 different cookie jars. Yeah. And she's like, your house of careers is in, is, is in, I think she said Aries and I'm not an astrology expert, but she said, that's how it's supposed to be for you. Mm -hmm. You're fighting against something that is you that's in, that's who you are. You are going to always have your hand in 10 cookie jars. And then the ones that aren't, aren't meant for you, you'll still fall away and you'll end up with a few of them that you really love, but stop Mm -hmm. fighting and beating yourself Mm -hmm. up over something that is who, that makes you who you are. Yes, giving I'm a manifesting generator. So that's what'd you say? Sorry. I'm a manifesting generator mm-hmm. by human design. So that's exactly the same. It's like very quickly can make things happen, very quickly can learn what I need to from that um, and establish myself in that field. And then there's this moment of I love this. This is amazing. It's going really well. And then I'll wake up the next day and be like, I am not inspired by this and I'm done with this now. And I used to get so angry and I used to wonder if there was something mentally wrong or something was going on with my mental health. Cause I was like, I loved this. And now I'm, I have no passion left in me for it. And it was essentially, that's what manifesting generators do. They go, okay, I've conquered that lesson. What's the next thing that I'm here to shift and create. And it's frustrating for me even now. Cause I'm like, can't we just coast? Can't we just, we've done it. We've set it up. It's flowing. And now you're telling me it's time to move. And that's frustrating, but that's my being. And that's who I am. And there was a lot of shame around that too, because I would do, different careers, (laughs) you know, I'd shift from being a real estate agent to being an employment consultant. And, you know, the skills that I gained in each one were really great in carrying over and moving and shifting and answering, I guess, my soul's calling in different ways. But for the outside world, they were like, why are you changing careers all the time? Like, what are you, what's going on here? What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. But to me, the thought of doing the same job for my entire life, that's awful. That feels like a jail sentence to me because it's like, I need to flow with my inspiration. I love it. I love that we're ending on this note of radical Mm self-acceptance. I am in that place right now. That has been the message that has been so clear for me with all, with this different health things that have happened over the last, you know, few months for me and accepting that my level of intensity that I've relied on and certain things it's like pushing me to just accept that that is not where I am right now or who I might be being asked to turn into. Yeah. And it's just in the word, your favorite word, surrendering, <laughs> which <laughs> I know I, yeah. I, I remember having a walk with myself a long time ago and I was like talking to spirit and I'm like, if I, so if I just, when I surrender, everything that I want will happen. And it's like, that's not surrendering being like, so when no. I surrender, <laughs> when I, when I give up entirely yeah, on trying anything to that I want to be, you'll yeah. give me what I want so is essentially I was what like, will Let happen. me control surrendering. It's like, no, honey, that is not what surrendering is. <laughs> yeah. You don't control it. Surrendering is like, you're like, our hands up, you know, and it's a, it's a work in, in progress for me. So thank you for mm-hmm. bringing that up and to my attention because it's very timely so where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah. So my website, which is janellebridge.com.au or my Instagram, which is Janelle Bridge Spirit Medium. Um, I also have a podcast called The Permission Givers where we talk, where we give permission. We give permission. Um, we talk, we're real and raw. We talk about our problems. We do not have ourselves or each other on pedestals. We just kind of get on there and talk about what's coming up for us and 
I find that it, it gives permission for others to do the same and, and that feeling of, okay, I'm normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear from you. I love that podcast idea and title. I'm definitely yeah. going to be listening to your podcast. Can't wait. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll have all of Janelle's information in the show notes as well. So you can just link and go right to her website and her Instagram and all of the things. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me.